It's time Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Supposed text messages making the rounds on Purdue Twitter and just there's a lot of stuff we gotta chop it up about. So let's get started with the need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, let's start with the Cubs who lose their third in a row, six to four yesterday. Found themselves in a 4-0 hole after the first game. Or after the first inning, sorry. Came back, they tied it. They give up two more runs later. There you go, six to four. Uh, Dion was not good again. Four and two-thirds, seven hits, four earned. Just one strikeout. Christopher Morell, though, he's been good. He homered again. That's four homers in six games for him. Looking good. Dansby Swanson with a two-for-four night as well. Dandy of a pitching matchup tonight. Justin Steele heads back out on the mound. He'll take it on Christian Navier. Game is at 8-10. Guys, it's on TBS. A lot of you complain about Marquee. Can't get it. Can't watch it. It's on TBS tonight. Steele's 6-0 on the season. Javier's 3-1. With a 3-4-7 ERA. He just got came off a performance against the Angels where he struck out 11. So he's hot right now. Should be a good one. White Sox of the day off yesterday. They'll be looking for a uh, series win. A, a fresh start at home. When they host Cleveland. Lance Lynn needs to find his form tonight as he takes on Shane Bieber. Lynn has given up four or more runs in each of his last five starts. He's also tied for the fourth most homers given up in the league this season. Round two of the NCAA Regionals in men's golf has not been kind to your Boilermakers. Yesterday, an eagle from Herman Secchi on 18. That got him within five of the cutoff, right? They're trying to get in the top five to advance. Today, they've struggled. Four double bogeys as a group is hurt. Peyton Snowberger, though, hole in one for that young man. Let's go. Hole five, 202 yard par three. Puts it in the hole. Knocked it in with a six iron. No boiler better than even today. That has them down to 12th. They need to get to fifth. That's about a 24 stroke difference between where they're at and where fifth is at. One more round tomorrow. Anything can happen, but we don't need a whole lot of help. The NFL is going to take another step into the streaming stuff by putting one of its playoff games exclusively on Peacock. The league and NBC Universal announced that uh, the Saturday night game on Wild Card Weekend will be on Peacock. Terms of that agreement were not immediately disclosed, but the Wall Street Journal has reported it's a one-year deal. For one game, the league will receive approximately $110 million for one wild card game. $110 million to stream one football game. 
Fear not indie fans. If this turns out to be uh, a game where you are at, or even uh, do we get lumped? We get lumped into Chicago when it's bad for us, and we never get lumped into Chicago when it's good for us. However, let's say we're in both those markets. If this would involve either one of those teams, it would still air it on your local NBC. So you got that going. The 1-1 one one is done in Indiana High School basketball. The NFSHSA has decided after five fouls, it'll be two free throws now. IHSAA uh, Sports Information Director Jason Willey told the uh, Indy Star that they will adopt that rule change for next season. The Rules Committee studied the data that showed higher injury rates on rebounding situations and saw this as an opportunity to reduce opportunities for rough play during rebounds, says the Director of Sports and Liaison to the Basketball Rules Committee in a release uh, from the uh, NFHS. Uh, Additionally, resetting the fouls each quarter will improve game flow and will allow teams to adjust their play by not carrying foul totals to quarters two and four. So there you go. That would be today's Need to Know News. We can talk about it a little bit. I don't know. Uh, rain is hampered. Oh, by the way, rain hampered uh, racing today at IMS practices. Cars got out, I believe, around like 2.15. Out on the track for maybe 15 minutes, brought back in. Morning practice was also shut down due to the rain. Something will forecast tomorrow, though. So let's hope that this thing kind of gets kicked off. Today was supposed to be the first day of practice. All right, let's get back into it tonight. Our friends with uh, DraftKings, uh, we were, what, half and half yesterday with those uh, strikeout props. Pablo didn't get us there, but but Valdez got bumped up one. And thus, he went from like a minus 120 to, was it like plus 130? And we cashed that, so we ended up green yesterday. Take it. Let's see what we can do again tonight here. Uh, you know, our friends with DraftKings will give you a 25%, uh, I'm sorry, a, a super boost tonight on Jokic. 25 plus points and LeBron 20 points boosted to plus 125. There's also no sweat, same game parlay for your NBA playoffs as well. And a 33% all sports same game parlay X boost for you. Also got that baseball up to 100% boost, same game parlay for each leg added. Not too early to start thinking about your bets for your next golf major, the PGA. Plus 300 odd surge on any golfer to win. They've also got a three ball profit boost, too. I mean, I just got so much stuff going on here. Choose a 20% boost where there'll be a first, uh, be a run in the first inning of Chicago and Houston tonight. And I already told you, you like both these pitchers. Ah, boy, I, I don't know that I can take. I think I got to take the under there. Under gets you to minus 114. I know the EV thing to do is to play it with the over the first run. It gets you to plus 126. I, I, I'm, I'm not on board with it, though. The Cubs have been abysmal in strikeouts over the last, what, like uh, two weeks? I was looking this up earlier. You go to the last 15 days, 
in terms of strikeouts, and the Cubs are second by one to the Rangers. They've definitely slowed down a little bit. Yes, yeah, so I'm. I, look, I, I like the top half of that order. I just, Javier's coming off a great bout. Steel is good. I'll take the boost on the under tonight. That's almost even money. Minus 114. That's not too bad. Uh, other people were targeting the day. Goldschmidt's getting a lefty today. Wayne Miley. I like that. That's very good news. Goldschmidt's hitting 372 in his last 10 games with three homers, seven RBIs. He's 8 and 16 lifetime against Miley with two homers and three RBIs. Goldie has hit lefties at a clip of 376 since 2021. He's hitting 364 this season. I mean, that's a guy you got to go to. Now, playing Bush Stadium, wind is not going to be too much of a factor out there. It's blowing from left to right, maybe in a little bit, but it's it's not great. Shouldn't affect it too much. So, yeah, I'm definitely keeping an eye on Goldschmidt today. Whether you want to get into uh, with him uh, bases, if you want to, I mean, if you want to parlay him into some hits, good luck with that. Because he's not gonna. I mean, the the single hit is not going to. It's not going to pay out anything. If you want to take him to Homer. He's starting around in four. It's plus 425 over on DraftKings. If you want to take him over on Digger Tuesday and Fandle, hey, that's your prerogative. Uh, you're not going to get those good odds at it, though. I don't know if that's going to be a huge homer game. Uh, if you want to get him on a homer or on uh, hits, they got uh, over one and a half hits at plus 190. If you feel like that's more of what you want. You can get him on an RBI, too, if you like. That's at plus 155. Total basis is probably your your best middle ground. Minus 105 on over one and a half. So I think we can, I think we'd take Goldschmidt at that. I don't know what his extra base... I should have looked that up, though. I gave you what? He's, we're doing seven. It's uh, three homers, seven RBIs. I didn't... I didn't see how many of these are extra base hits that he's had lately. But he's definitely doing a whole lot better than he was at the start of the season. But I've not seen the homer numbers exactly shoot up for him. Uh, if you're getting in the NBA tonight, uh, they got, like I said, they had that boost with Jokic. Plus 25 points. LeBron plus 20 points. Here's the thing with Joker, man. Has he had double-digit rebounds in each of his last six games against the Lakers? Absolutely. Here's the problem. He's not scored over 25, though, in those last three meetings. I was a little surprised. I went back and I took a look. I was trying to figure out uh, exactly what to do with him on that points. His over-under is like 27 and a half. Heck, the rebounds are 13 and a half. Yeesh. 
And they really inflated those numbers for tonight. I don't know what your play is in that. I'm just telling you, that's what the trends have been for Joker. That he's been he's been good in his career, but the last several matchups, he ain't been all that when it comes to his matchups with the Lakers. Do with that info what you may. But I'm definitely on some Goldschmidt props today. I mean, that's that's a gimme. If you want to go straight games in baseball, um, boy. I'm trying to think of what, you know, look at the, the Mariners. Nick Pavetta's got these terrible numbers. Uh, I was just reading about this before I came in here. It, somebody had done some crazy deep dive into Nick Pavetta. And it was like, after he after he plays, and here, here it was, since 2017, when Pavetta comes off a non-quality start and he's priced as an underdog north of plus 130, he's 2-17 on the money line, but those two wins did come in his last two starts. But he got 13 runs in support. And he still gave up six runs. Expected ERA is 6.7. That's in the bottom 8%. So, yeah. I think the Mariners are good bets for you tonight. I'm not sure. Like, I want to fade Lance Lynn, but, like, I know the strikeout numbers that he can do. But I also know that he can give up, like, five or six runs while still striking out eight guys. It's so weird. I like the Astros tonight. As good as Justin Steele is, the Cubs bats have just been very, very quiet as of late. I mean, you'd always fade the Royals. I'm not ready to fade the Athletics tonight, though. Hosting the Diamondbacks. But I think the two favorite ones here, I'm, I'm taking Houston tonight. I'm definitely taking the Mariners. Those are those plays tonight. All right. So put me down for some, put me down for the Goldschmidt over one and a half bases. Put me down for the Mariners. Put me down for the, uh, for the Astros tonight. How about that card? That work out for you? Best of luck. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Hey, more Hammer Down Show next on 101. All right. We're back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. You can always reach out via the Hammerhead Hotline, 765 447 That's 765 447 Text me. So yesterday evening, I, I I got off of uh, I was playing over on camp and and I, and I get off and I see this um, this text message that has circulated throughout the fan base. It was on message boards. It was uh, mainly on Twitter, as far as I could tell, and it had pertained to. Uh, Zach Eadie, and that there was this supposed deal that had been, you know, made for him to come back. And some people ran with it. I had retweeted it with the with this note of, if you remember last week, 
like Thursday, I had said I had gotten a, a, a text from somebody who had uh, said something I, I didn't have anybody else to corroborate with. I don't have like a journalistic, like th- th- that's not, but when it comes to things like, you know, rumors, I tend to like to get a second person tell me something similar, if not the exact same thing. Otherwise, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a whole lot more swings and misses than you do connections. So when I went off, I remember saying, Hey, I was going to try to find, see if I can get a hold of anybody that would confirm it. That's exactly what it was because I had gotten and this account looked bogus to begin with. I mean, the profile didn't make any sense. They weren't following anybody. Very few followers. The name and everything was generic. Didn't buy into it. But it was the exact same text message that I had gotten the previous week. One different. There was a little bit of a difference. Somebody had had adjusted it from what I had gotten to what was on Twitter there at, uh, at one point had uh, adjusted a little wording. But really, it was basically verbatim, the exact same thing. And people got to tweeting about it. I think people kind of fell into it. If you didn't know, you know, what it said, it basically said that it, Zach had his eval back. It wasn't necessarily great for him to make the jump now, but that Purdue was working uh, immigration lawyer to get the the work visa so that he could get the they the text had said the largest NIL deal in the nation and that it would be good for two years. That's what the text said. I was a little skeptical just off the top of my head because I'm like, you know, a guy hadn't even got out to the combine yet. Now, I don't know when they give him this eval, but one would think it would contain the feedback that he gets from working out the measurables and all that other stuff. I don't think they would just look at Dave and go, hey, here's this. By the way, we know you're showing up for the combine. I guess we'll go through that whenever you get here. Maybe they do. But that was a little bit of a red flag off the uh, off the bat. But I thought, hey, you know, there's stuff that I'm just not privy to or maybe that I'm not aware of. But the fact that an assistant just decided to air this out all of a sudden, it didn't seem right to me. That's why I wanted somebody else to let me know. I couldn't find anybody else that would tell me. But come to find out that some of my, you know, friends at the blogs and stuff are saying, hey, we got the exact same thing sent to us. I don't think it was from the exact same person. But this thing had gotten out, and then somebody had created a Twitter account to post it. A fake Jake, uh, Jeff Goodman DM to, I guess it just goes to show you, like, doesn't it didn't add up. It doesn't make sense, and if it doesn't make sense, it probably doesn't. Even though it was a pretty convincing text message. Looks like it's not true. Now, I, that doesn't mean he's not coming back. That doesn't mean that... Purdue's not working on, you know, the visa stuff. That doesn't mean, you know, that he won't stay for two or something similar could happen. 
But that, I think a lot of the fan base kind of got, oh, okay, 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 thought it was this big deal and it was happening, and it's what it is. I will say this. I have heard the, previous to that, I had heard the stuff about working with, with the immigration lawyer and, and making things happen for him here if he elects to stay. I will say that, you know, he didn't participate in the, uh, with the scrimmages at the uh, combine yesterday. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. But there have been some tea leaves out there that had pointed to him coming back. That It's not a guarantee. But this whole thing that just ran wild, we all, it turns out we all got the same thing. Somebody had disseminated this, and I, I don't, nobody reputable came out with it. That should be a, I think that should be a, a, a red flag with it. I still think he does come back. I think it makes sense to. I'm sure there's going to be NIL money. I'm sure he'll be able to make it when he goes up to Toronto if we can't get this stuff uh, you know, worked out with immigration lawyer, whatever that stuff has to be worked out. And Purdue's covering all the bases with that. So while the text might have been fake, the end result might be somewhat accurate. But that was really making the rounds, and I was I was shocked to see that it was the exact same thing that I had got sent. That it just got disseminated the way that it did. And then somebody edited it, which was kind of weird. In the Purdue news, we really didn't have a chance to cover here at the top of the show. Uh, Brady Allen has found a home, and some of you will roll your eyes and go figures. But um, judging by that, I'm sure you can tell me exactly where he's going. It is the Louisville. Could not be happier for the kid. I remember when he committed, and we got him on the show. He called into the show. He was on vacation. He was out at like the lake. Took time out of his time in the family to call and, and talk to talk to us and the fans. Tremendous young man. If you had a chance to go out and never talk to him at uh, you know at the camps, tremendous young man. And I know there's some that are going to roll the eyes out of Louisville. Yeah, that figures, right? It's Jeff Brom. It's not the same. I mean, he came in here. He worked hard. It looked like it was about to be his time. And then there's the coaching change. Now, did he go jump in the portal right away? He did not. Did he kind of, you know, Hudson Card comes in here. Did he go jump on the board? He did not. He stayed here. He competed through the spring. He worked. He talked to the coaching staff. And then he made a choice that was good for him, right? Is to hit the portal. He wanted to find a place to play. It's understandable, and it's also you know a reality. I don't fault this kid for one second, and to go out when you do, you know, when he is out there at, at this time, right after spring practice, it's not like there's a 
ton of QB slots open. To go with a, in a situation that he's familiar with, it's close to home, 100% understand this. If you're upset with him for going to Louisville, or if you're upset with anybody else for it, you shouldn't be. You just shouldn't be. He literally he stayed and gave it everything, tried for everything. And, again, these kids only have so much eligibility. He understands that. He says, this is my best chance. Good luck, man. I'm rooting for you. I, I really, really am. He was always a great kid. Great arm. I wanted to see it come to fruition here, but it just... It wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. So I'm just happy that he found a situation that, you know, that he's comfortable in. And he was able to do it quickly. Can't be a worse feeling than just sitting there in the portal and it's like June, end of June, and you're like, where am I going to college? (laughs) Am I going to be able to play someplace? It's got to be the worst. That's the downside of the portal nobody ever talks about. Is the kids that go in and then can't find places to land. It's tough business, man. It's what it is now. It is a business. So, salute to Brady. I appreciate his time here. I appreciate the fact that he stayed here and he worked through the spring and gave it the honest effort. I'm sure that staff was honest with him and where he would be moving forward in the hierarchy, what they envisioned for him. If they don't envision him being at where he wants to be at, then by all means, uh, that should be fine by you. Don't get upset. I know the Louisville thing. You, 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 some people just you've been burnt since December on some of that, and I get that. It's not one of those situations, though. Good luck to Brady out. Hey, we're going to take another break. We'll come right back and uh, more sports talk, local sports here on one hundred one seven The Hammer and one hundred one. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. You can always reach out to the Hammerhead hotline at 765-447-4080. Changes coming to IHSAA basketball. The one and done is now gone. Uh, they will uh, go ahead and piggyback with the uh, NFHS. That's the National Federation of State High Schools Associations. Uh, with the rule changes, they do this stuff every year. They all get together, little competition committee. They consider some things. They change some things procedural wise every year. Uh, points of emphasis, things of that nature happen. So the reason behind the changing of this is, uh, they say the data shows higher injury rates on rebounding situations. They saw this as an opportunity to reduce opportunities for rough play during rebounds. Additionally, resetting the fouls each quarter will improve game flow and allow teams to adjust their play by not carrying foul totals to quarters two and four. I don't know, but are, are, is there really that much going on in those rebounding situations specifically? The free throws? I mean, you already have the other team with the defensive position already. I see what they're saying here, but at the same time, it's kind of like, eh. 
So no more one and one. I'm sure there's some coaches that love that because now they're uh, uh, every coach has had a player or two that's been on that line and forgot it's uh, it's only one and one. It's supposed to be you know when they think it's two shots. Everybody's gone through that at least once. As for, you know, improving the game flow, allowing teams to adjust their play, yeah, sure. We're good. You know, I hate it. It's not one of those things. It's not like a hill I'm going to go and die on or anything like that. It is different. It's going to change things up. Traditional SLB, yell at clouds. Old man yells at cloud. But it is a change. The IHSA says that they will uh, adopt. Um, if you're wondering, there were some other things that they did go ahead and change um, on the high school basketball rules as well. The uh, NFHS did. Uh, Throw-in procedure for front court violations was simplified when the ball is in team control in the offensive team's front court and the defensive team commits a violation, a common foul prior to the bonus, or the ball becomes dead. The corresponding throw-in by the offensive team will be at one, four, uh, one of four designated spots. Uh, nearest to where the infraction took place. Um, so those designated spots are either the nearest 28-foot mark along each sideline or the nearest spot three feet outside of the lane on the end line. One exception is when the defensive team causes a ball to be out of bounds. Throw and shall be at the spot where the ball went out of bounds. I know. That's fun stuff, right? These are all the things, by the way, you read, and you got to know when you're an official. So next time when you show up and you start yelling at things, and if you fell asleep during that little tidbit right there, maybe don't complain so much. They also, some other things that you, there's only so many things that you can fix once you've made uh, a mistake. They've changed uh, another one here. Throw-in administration uh, was addressed when an official administers a throw-in to the wrong team. The error can be fixed before the first dead ball. After the ball becomes live, unless there's been a change in possession. Okay, other rule changes, they're all very minor stuff. Um, Official placement of shot clock operator uh, at the scores table. (laughs) For those states utilizing shot clock, which Indiana still doesn't, maybe that's uh, another thing that you want to look at as the IHSAA. But I know to try to get every... You can't do that in like a year. You got to say, hey, in three years, we're going to the shot clock because to try to get how many schools do we have in Indiana and to get them all to get shot clocks and get them placed is going to take some time. That's for sure. Um, uniform bottoms worn by teammates can be light colored and adhere to uniform rules regarding logo and trade. So basically, you can have not matching shorts just as long as they're kind of matching. Um, undershirts. Uh, Allows teams to wear a single solid color or solid black for visiting team with dark jerseys. I said they're very, it's almost like they just look for things to tinker with. Rule 933 was amended to allow a player to step out of bounds and return to the court if the player gains no advantage. Players penalized only if, after running inbounds, the player is the first to touch the ball or avoids a violation. So, yeah, the rest of it is just like, okay, cool. But the fact that you're changing the uh, one and one and, and kicking it out and making it a two-shot free throw uh, will probably have 
coaches of younger teams, very excited. It's kind of, eh. I think at the high school level, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you. I, it just that would be a weird hill to die on. That we need to go back to the one and one. It certainly takes away those uh, a little bit more of that uh, um, intentional foul strategy at times too, right? It changes the game from that aspect. But it doesn't do much for me in terms of, well, we're taking away rebounding opportunities, which is where we're seeing some injuries. I, I just I, I don't see the injuries happening a ton on the free throw attempts. We're going to take our last break here. We'll come back. Hey, we'll get the things we missed and more. That's coming up next. This is Hammer Down Show. Hammer.com. Uh, I am Jared Jesselitis. So, tomorrow, I no race, barely got any cars out today uh, at IMS. Nick Yeoman's going to be on tomorrow, 315. Uh, you know him from uh, IndyCar Radio. You know he used to you know, be over here pre-COVID. Um, yeah, we're going to get uh, a little talk with him. If you missed the conversation just through Stingray, Stingray Rob, uh, I do have that posted up for you here. Go check us out at uh, 1017thehammer.com. You can listen to the old uh, shows over there as well. It's been a real tight Tuesday here, man. Um, I did see this, you know, I liked how one of the things I liked from the XFL, I know people are like clamoring, oh, it's changed some stuff in the NFL. The one thing that the XFL did well, I think that uh, it sounds like the Premier League has picked up. And that's uh, when they go to these uh, replays now, you're able to listen in what happens at the command center and then what gets communicated with the officials at the game. And I think that's a great innovation. I think fans like to that little peek behind the curtain. I think it eliminates a lot of the when you have a bad call and you suspect that there is foul play involved, you know what I'm saying? That transparency I think is is great. It quells a lot of you know fears. If you're watching what they're watching, and you're listening to talk about that and what they see. I just I, I I think that cuts off a lot of problems. I really think the NFL needs to think about doing that. And I know that's not in the NFL's wheelhouse to do. Share. But I think it's an innovation they they really do need to look at. The officials are under so much pressure right now as it is. I think that helps take a little bit of pressure off of those in-game officials as well. If they're getting that info and they're talking with New York and they're working through things and this is what we see. But, you know, there's always some, it's always Monday when there's somebody with some weird angle uh, on TikTok or something that they have. They've gone back to the films. Oh, look. They missed this one. Well, you know what? If we listen to what they're talking about and we see what they see, you can't fault them as much. And let's face it, uh, officials did not have a good year in all sports last year. Took an awful lot of heat. Some of it rightly slow, uh, rightfully so. Like you know, Angel Hernandez has only done one game in MLB this year. He's the worst. But boy, I'll tell you what. 
People are very vocal about that stuff. And it spreads. When you get one bad one, it just it spreads to everybody else. There, there's a shorter uh, fuse when it comes to every other official. I hope they take a look at this and decide it's for them. Because it would be absolutely great. So I keep my fingers crossed that they're going to, uh, to to get in on that. Outside of that, you're just I'm looking for some good baseball tonight. I mean, the Chicago teams have just they, they've struggled. No, White Sox will open up the series with Cleveland uh, with Cleveland at home. Bieber's been historically pretty good against them. Luis Roberts been hot. You got that going for you. I don't know how how has he been against Bieber though? Has he been okay against Bieber? Career hitting one eighteen. Oof, two for seventeen. Ben Intendi is nine for eighteen against him though with a homer. Moncada's got two homers and 10 hits at 43 at-bats. Ugh. It's going to be another tough one. I feel so bad for the White Sox. I know some Cubs fans will be like, I don't. Like, even when they've had the personnel, man, somebody gets hurt and just gets derailed. Last year, it felt like they had it, and then they had the poor coaching. When a manager falling asleep in the dugout, Tim Anderson injury, and then Tim comes back, and... You know, Brayu's hurt, or you know, it just—it was one thing after another for them. I don't have any delusions of them making the playoffs. I, I just don't. Meanwhile, you've got the, you know, the Cubs who have lost three in a row, lost six out of their last eight, dug themselves in an early four nothing hole yesterday, and really, you can't rule them out. Of winning the Central because it's so terrible. Milwaukee is not exactly a beast. Pittsburgh is really falling on hard times. And you're at 19 and 22, and you're still four games back. That's it. You can overcome that easily. Nobody's making the wild card from that division, that's for sure. The best chance you have is the Pirates right now, and that's a Two and a half, only a game and a half behind Milwaukee. Just not happening. Really makes me want to take a look and see what the Cubs uh, winning the NL Central. What are the odds for them to win that? It can't be that bad. And 19 and 22, I mean, if, if I got like, Plus 300 or better at this point? How could you not jump into that? But you still need to see them take, you know, take that step. And so far, you know, as good as those bats were at the beginning part of the season, oh dear Lord, they're plus 700 to win the division right now. The Cardinals are at plus 290. They're sick. They're dead last. 
That's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. Because I think they have the bats. I think they've got, what, three strong pitchers? You get Hendricks back. I mean, he's going to be an upgrade from some of the stuff. He's an upgrade from Wesneski, right? Certainly an upgrade from Tyon, that's for sure. You can make a trade and pick somebody up. Steele's great. Strowman's been okay for you. Smiley's been a little bit better than I expected. I think if you can get like Hendricks back and he's better than your bottom two rotation guys, you've made an improvement. A 700. Get out of town. That's going to do it for us on the show here today. Again, Nick Yeoman from uh, the IndyCar Radio Network going to join us tomorrow. We'll get the latest buzz of what's been happening down at IMS. It is the month of May, and we're just a couple of weeks away from the 500. Of course, the uh, the road course race coming up here as well. So uh, he'll uh, get us up to speed. Who we need to be watching for? What do we need to be watching for? He joins us tomorrow at 3 o'clock. I'll see you then back here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. Golfers, with the construction on Cherry Lane, Burt Boilermaker is still open and ready for play. This year, you'll park in the Ross 8 lot near Northwestern Avenue and start on number 11 for the Ackerman Allen course. Bypass the trailer and the lines by paying online at PurdueGolf.com. The Camp and Costler course will be open for members and guests this year, but the driving range will still be open to the public. Please visit PurdueGolf.com backslash clubhouse for updates about temporary parking arrangements. But rest assured, when you're on the course, it's business as usual at Burt Boilermaker. The golf experience